They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it I never it. took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises, I live, I learn I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers It's hard to get a start in these parts without paper Homie, I grew up in hell, a block away from heaven Hey, what's up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, a.k.a. Kane Swaby um, And we are back once again with the Power Cast And, you know, this time we are going to be uh, recapping Power Book 2, Ghost Season 2, Episode 1 and this episode uh, was called Free Will is Never Free. That's a bit of a mouthful, that title. Like, you know, I might have to shorten it down to just power book two ghost. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful saying it all. But um, yeah, so I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? Hello, everyone. I'm doing great. Can't complain. Good, good. And yeah, uh, you know, we, we've been on a bit of a break since uh, Raising Canaan. Uh, we did do an initial review of BMF um, at the start of, you know, the first episode. We reviewed the first four episodes. Um, but yeah, it was a great series. And, um, you know, shouts to Stars for allowing us to see that early. Uh, it didn't work in our schedules to, you know, cover it every week. But we will have like an end of season impressions, you know, um, for you guys as well, you know, just to kind of, you know, give our thoughts on what we thought the whole season and everything now that it's over. Um, and then, you know, hopefully with season two, we'll be able to cover that, you know, more hands on as well. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, power is back. And um, I have some thoughts about this, uh, you know, this this episode that we watched today. Uh, I'm going to save it, like, you know, some controversial thoughts, but um, I'll save it for, for a bit later. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to get into our takeaways where each of us, you know, just talks about, you know, the things that stood out to us in this first episode. And then we'll get to specific questions that we have, you know, relating to the plots and storylines and everything. And, you know, that's where we get deeper into the discussion. So uh, let's get right into our takeaways. And um, I will go first since it's the first episode of season two. Um, so, yeah. So first thing I have here is, uh, you know, Tariq, you know, at the, at the start of the episode, he has to look out for his little sister, who I always forget that she exists. But, yeah, she exists and she she's growing up a lot now. Um, and, you know, Tasha is gone. She's in witness protection, as we know. Um, and, you know, now it's it's up to the grandma to, to look after, you know, the daughter and everything. And Tariq, he, he goes to college. So, you know, he kind of looks after himself and everything. But, um, you know, it was kind of touching to see that, you know, he still has that family member because you see him wake up and he's got pictures of Reyna next to him and he's got pictures of, you know, um, uh, was it his mother? Yeah, it, him and his mother there as well. Um, so, you know, he still has that 
little connection to his family, you know, with his sister being there. And now he kind of has to be the one to look out for her because um, obviously the grandma, she's got an alcohol problem, you know. So, yeah, um, it's cool to see how he, you know, it's, it's going to be good to see how he, he navigates that issue. And that kind of, that issue right there set up what happened at the end a little bit. Because um, obviously he he wanted to connect with his mother, even though, you know, he he put her in witness protection. But now he has a need to kind of connect with her. Um, and, you know, that kind of plays into what happened at the end of the episode where, you know, he thought, you know, he was going to be speaking to his mother um, when that phone call came through. But, you know, we will get to it. But yeah, um, that was cool to see because it kind of grounded the character. It, it gave us a reminder of where he's at in life and, and you know, the things he's lost and the consequences of his actions. Uh, we saw a lot of that throughout this episode, like the consequences of what he's done. Uh, we saw shots of Ghost in there, you know, which me and Rich talked about. Um, you know, you see a lot of, um, he, he's getting like flashbacks of these things like Jabari and Ghost and everything. And it's like, it's bringing out that more human side of him. Like, so he's not just, you know, a ghost. He's not just, you know, ghost with a, an emotionless version of ghost. He's not that he, he does, you know, understand the consequences. And he talks about that in his class, you know, the fact that you have to live with the consequences of your actions. So mm -hmm. I like that. They're really playing up that angle. So that was one of the things that stood out to me. Um, and it's good to see Tate back because I thought we we might not see him until his show happens. So it's good to see that he's back and his brother's back too. So that's good. Um, and it seems like his storyline is basically going to be getting that governor's seat. So I guess he lost, uh, he lost the campaign and everything, but that doesn't mean that he'll never be governor because as we know from watching House of Cards, there's always a way for, you know, someone to politic their way to that mm -hmm. seat. So I guess he's going to do some, you know, some very underhanded things in this season. And he's probably going to get help from people like Davis McLean and and uh, Sachs and Tariq. You know, he's probably like going to be interacting with the other characters to kind of, you know, make these events unfold. Um and work in his favor. And we now see that also Tariq, um, you know, he went to Brayden's, uh, you know, his father's gathering thing or whatever. And there was that guy there that he spoke to. So that might tie into Tate's story a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, good to see Tate back. He's, you know, great actor, great character. So I'm glad that he's in the mix this season as well. Because uh, one of the things I like about power is that you have that kind of um, hood, you know, gangster type of thing. That's like the main ingredient. But then you also have like the corporate side of things or the glamorous side of things, you know, um, like you always have some other politics going on, you know, whether it's the club or whether it's, you know, the investigations or like, um, you know, the lawyers and stuff like that. Like you always see different sides of the spectrum. So I like that. Um, and yeah, uh, um, I'll just touch on this briefly because I have a question related to this, but 
I find Monet's exit, exit strategy interesting. So she wants to get out of the game, but she wants to use Zeke as her way out. And basically she wants the team to become his management, you know? Um, and um, I think that's, it's a very flawed strategy and we're going to get into that later. Cause I want to ask you guys specifically about that. So, but yeah, I find that pretty interesting because I thought she'd be able to come up with something a bit more, you know, viable than that. Because um, she is, she does show a lot of smarts. She, she, she does, you know, she's an intelligent person, but it's like sometimes she just does these random stupid things or comes up with these silly ideas. You know, it's like, hmm, maybe, but maybe she has a bigger plan than that. And that's just what she's telling the children, you know. We don't know, but yeah, that was something interesting. Um, and I also think that Drew is going to go rogue in this season because it seems like he has some animosity towards Monet. Um, you know, he was talking to his sister about it. Uh, I forgot her name. Diana. Uh, Diana. There you go. Rich. Rich has all the names. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like... Um, yeah, I think he's going to go rogue. He's going to definitely, you know, be... He's going to... Um, at the moment, we see that car, uh, that Kane is, is kind of the outcast of the family, but I think Drew is going to go in that direction, and I think Kane might actually come back into the mix. You know, that's what I think. Um, and then also, um, that part where they went deer hunting or whatever, and, you know, the guy shot at Tariq, like clearly, you know, he already hit the deer and then he just, he chose to take another shot at Tariq. Like I liked that they, they that they did that because it, it sheds light on, you know, the issue of racism and cause we, we, we saw Tariq put him in his place earlier in the episode. Right. Um, so it's like, he, he, he kind of, you know, he, he's like, oh, I don't want this young, you know, black guy talking to me like that. And it's like, he just used that moment as, as a, you know, means to take a shot. Um, and what, what's up, Dana? You don't agree? I interpreted, what? I, am I, okay, yay. I interpreted that scene entirely different and that okay. less, of, yes, you can argue that it was about race. And very clearly, you could tell in the first conversation, you know, Look, I know the struggles of black people, you know, the big white man, and and you know, that's nothing new. I interpreted it more as the power dynamic. Yes, you can argue the racial, there is racial undertones within the power dynamic, but it was more of the power dynamic as opposed to you little, you know, N-word boy. Look what I can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you could be right, but, like, I'm just talking, like, from my observations in life. Like, I, didn't, I, know, I know that. I didn't say you was right or wrong. Everything. I know. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, you, you gave your perspective. I'm, you know, just, I'm just giving mine like, and saying, saying why I didn't, I'm explaining why, you know, I, I think why I think, you know, and it's like my experience in life is like guys like that. They don't like to be, you know, broken down by, you know, someone that looks like us. It's like, you know, they take it as like something deep, something insulting, you know. Um, so it came across. I think it is a little bit of what you said, too. Like, I think, you know, that plays into it, too. It's like a mix of things that kind of play into it. But, yeah, uh, I think uh, there's also, you know, that aspect to it also. But 
you know, that's just me. We'll see what the people think also, you know, everyone un- interprets things differently. That's what makes the show so good. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. Um, and I like, you know, Tariq, the way he reacted to it as well, it's like he, cause I guess, cause he saw, you know, he saw his murders, uh, when he looked at the deer. So it kind of took his mind away from, you know, what happened in that situation. So, um, you know, that was interesting, but yeah, um, I loved the fact that they found a way to put red man in there with method man. Like that was like, it's, this is starting to be like a, <laughs> it's starting to be like a love letter to, to 90s hip hop. Cause you got Mary J. Blige, you got, um, you got method man and now you got red man in the mix as well. Um, so yeah, that was great to see. Um, and I wonder how, you know, red man being in there and, you know, uh, now we see that, um, Davis McLean wants to get him out of prison and he wants to use sax to help him. So I wonder how that is going to affect, you know, the dynamic between those two characters. Um, and, um, I know I've been, you know, kind of talking for a long time, so I don't want to overstate my welcome here, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys, you know, get your takeaways and we'll we'll come back to, you know, the important points later on. So go ahead, Dana. What's your takeaways for the episode? Um, well, one, no one's wrong in their interpretation of anything. So you are 100% right as well. Uh, I, that wasn't an attack on you or anything. I was just, you know, I, w- I wanted to get you because I saw, you know, you had something to say on it. I wanted to get your thoughts in there as well. So... So the entire episode, it kind of encapsulated what, what just kind of what I love about this show and how they handle it is that each lesson that Tariq is being taught in college, it kind of explains everything that's going in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it, it wraps everything together. So nothing really feels like it's separate. And, and with this episode, it's bringing together everything that we've kind of learned from the first season. So this one was about free will and whether or not we have free will or that it's predisposed predestined, basically, for everyone. And there was a concept that that Tariq brought up in saying that there are parts that are predetermined and there are parts that aren't at all and you're going to have to prepare for those parts that aren't predetermined. With the example of using the street light, you still look both ways uh, when crossing the street. Whether or not, if you you think you're going to get hit or something, you just wouldn't look. You would just stay in your position, but you don't. And with this one, it seems like everyone is trying to break away from a pattern that was set before them or they're continuing in the same pattern. And with that said, you have Monique and you have the family. When you have, there was an interesting part where you have, remember the shopping spree that Monique and her daughter Diane, I think Diane, went on? Mm -hmm. Diana, and you literally can see Diana following everything that Monique has and is doing. So what she brought, you know, she's looking at as well, and the mom says, no, you look good in that one. You're not going to wear that. She doesn't wear it. And it's more saying, it's not saying, you know, I respect your opinion, but I'm going to listen to what you're saying because you have determined my decision for me. So you have that one idea with that. And then you have also with Tariq trying to, whether or not he wants to follow in his family footsteps with the whole ghost situation. We know Ghost was the big drug dealer and the organizer and everything else. And we see him really struggle with that concept that even though Ghost is dead, Ghost is still with him mentally. And he's trying to break away 
but it's still the same cycle over and over that he's repeating. Uh, you have that, and then you also have with Brayden, was it Brayden? Brandon? Yeah. Brayden? Yes. So with um, Brayden, you have also the concept of the family. And you see that everything that Brayden is going through with the family, and remember how they kind of entice him? Here's a new car, but what are the strings that are attached with the car mm-hmm. that he has to follow with the family? And you have when he brought in Tariq as being that outsider, having that difference of opinion, how councilman, I think it was the, the councilman, um, I can't remember his name, it's in my notes, but yeah. the councilman, Rick, councilman Rick, you know, looking at him is like, oh, look at this outsider thinking he belongs. And him, even though Tariq is putting him in his place, the congressman is still trying to say, oh, look, but I can, I can still hunt you down like the black person you are in the middle of this woods. And that, you know, we've seen that done many times and there's many concepts about that over race and everything else. So that was really interesting with that. And also it reminded me of a movie that Ice-T started where it was literally a black man being hunted. They was hunting him throughout the whole movie by a bunch of white guys for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I was... that movie. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name either. But that was very interesting. I liked how they, that's what it originally reminded me of. So then you have with Brayden, him not wanting to follow in that family footsteps. And, you know, he comes from the money. He comes from power. He comes from everything. And him instead having a conversation with Tariq saying, this is why I like doing, I like dealing drugs. It reminds me of something that's completely separate from my family. And you have also the irony of, Hey, oh yeah, those drug dealers, those black ones, they're really awful. And then Tariq bringing up, yeah, but what about the opioids? You know, it's the same thing. But no, no, those are bad drugs. Those are the e- those are the illegal ones. We do legal ones. And also you have great literally right there, who is not exactly dealing in, you know, vitamin supplements. Um, so I really liked how that played with that dynamic. And then you have the whole concept with Diane at the very end with the other brother saying that they want their way out. I don't know whether or not their way out is going to still be involving the drug game. I do know in the preview they have that conversation as they're doing, as they're like preparing for something with the drugs. But I don't know what it is that they want outside. And it kind of does seem like not, we already know there are members of the family who does not want to be a part of that drug life. And so that breaking away and having the free will and you knowing that you're going to have to go up against some heavy consequences in order to do that. Then you have the, the brother who I cannot remember these names because I really wish they had like flashbacks with names. But the brother who was kicked out of the house um, he is now, you can say-ish, he is under the, the wing of, what was it, Meet? I don't want to say Meech. He's Mecca. Un- Mecca. Sorry. I have mm-hmm. notes. I, I have notes, though. Um, he is, <laughs> it's all he good. Is, he is under, we do know that he ends up being under the wing, wing of Mecca. And him, you know, but when you're under the wing of someone, you have to follow them still. So... That I just really liked overall the concept of that. And then we also have dealing with Carrie, her little dumb dumb self, um, the struggle with Jabari, Jabari trying to think he can break away and be free and have his own side hustle and how that backfired miserably. As we all know, he's now dead. Do not rest in peace because I just don't like him. <laughs> um, so with that concept with Carrie, 
running around um, with the with the boy, basically, because that is her student again. Why is it so hard for her just to find someone who won't get her in trouble? But you have her kind of struggling with the in-between. She, she's still holding on to that relationship and that past. And even when she was able to um, find out that Jabari was dead, which we all, the whole school ended up finding, we, you know, she's still on the hunt. She's still attached to him. What happened? Oh, my gosh. So in a way, you could say she is following a ghost. So. That's why I, I liked what they did overall with the theme. And also, I really wanted to point out the music. They were undertones that they did with like, it was like a quick little ding, ding, ding. Anytime someone got paranoid, especially with Monet, when she got really paranoid, how they, it felt like it was something out of Halloween with the music. Remember the music? So they used kind of the same notes, but a different sound. So I, I, I really liked that as well. That really stood out for me. So those were my very quick thoughts. And I, it was very much stronger. This first episode was very much stronger than I would have to argue maybe the first season. They're, they're improving. I'm liking this. Also, Monet got a better wig. <laughs> yes, she did. Watch it. Mm, wow. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, I, I'll... I thought those yeah. were excellent. Go ahead, go ahead, Gary. Yeah, so great, great takeaways there, as Rich was, you know, about to say. Um, yeah. So yeah, get right, right into Rich's takeaways. So take it away, Rich. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, excellent takeaways from both uh, Dana and Gary, as always. Um, so I want to, I want to respond to a few things that Dana said, and I have three takeaways. First and foremost, the music, because I noticed that as well. That's a song by Tyler, the creator. Yeah, it's called Who That, you know, Who That Boy, because they played it at the end of the episode. He did that with uh, uh, Rocky, you know, ASAP Rocky, or they call ASAP Rocky. Unique? Um, unique. Oh, no, no, that's not unique. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, always, I always get him. I get ASAP and, uh, and that's Joey, uh, that's, that's Joey, Joey Badass. Badass. Yeah, I get yeah. them mixed up. Like, yeah, no, my no, bad. no, no, no. Um, but yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I also like how they played that song in there because it's a really good song. But yeah, it it perfectly sets the tone for people being paranoid. Um, so excellent job on that. So my three quick takeaways are that first and foremost, let's talk about Tariq. Um, Michael Rainey Jr. once again doing a good job as a character. I mentioned earlier that I like how he's able to have these slick mouth conversations where he puts people in his place, but yet he also is still flawed himself, which is a good reflection on everybody because everybody has their own flaws. Uh, but that, that it lets you know, yes, he is aware of, you know, that he's still pretty much young in this game. He's going to make mistakes. So I like that they portrayed that. What I also find interesting is that, you know, last season, the side story going on with him was about his mom, and he was always concerned about what's going to happen with Tasha. So they have the family drama dynamic continuing into this season because the whole issue is with his sister now and the fact that she's being watched by her grandmother who obviously has a drinking problem because they mentioned that at the beginning of the episode when he asked her, he asked Yaz after the interaction with the grandmother, oh, she, she, she's she been drinking again. So I think he's trying to get in contact with his mom because he wants to let her know what's happening with her mother. And we need to do something about Yasmin immediately. Um, 
I, you know, I, I think that is a very realistic approach because it shows that the grandmother was hit hard by what happened to her daughter. So it, it's it, it was important to put that in there to show number one to bring back his sister because she is a part of this story as well. Uh, as both of you said, we haven't seen much of her uh, on even on the regular Power Show. You saw her every so often. We did see a little bit more of her last season, but still not quite enough. So I'm glad that they're making her a part of this story now because it shows that Tyreek Tariq has to deal with not only the drama going on at school, not only the drama going on with Monet, but also his own family issues as well as far as what's happening in that household. So very good job to put that in there. Um, my second takeaway has to do with uh, Lorenz Tate returning. I also agree with what Gary said. Glad to see him come back. But again, a great job of the writers to give him a purpose this season, because this season is not just about Tariq. It's also about the origin story, so to speak, of how Tate gets himself back into the governor's running, uh, because the whole interaction that Tariq had with the congressman. Now, I believe his name is Rich Sweeney. We'll just call him Congressman Sweeney. All right. That whole interaction, I felt, was basically... Yes, it sets up the dynamic that Tariq is going to have to be the one to help Tate eventually find out some dirt on this guy and get him out. And, and again, that's important because Tariq will probably need Tate's help as this investigation deepens with Jabari because Tate is still the congressman. I mean, he's still the, the governor, well, the congressman. He's not governor yet. So he can still do something. I say, you know, maybe put on a press conference and say, yes, this Tariq guy is is a great kid or whatever. It's something to that effect. But they're going to help each other out. That's the only reason why I think, you know, I know, Gary, you mentioned that uh, it's probably going to be uh, Davis McLean, and et cetera. I, I, I definitely think it's going to be Tariq because for some reason they still have. Oh, yeah, mentioned. Tariq, too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Tariq, because you did mention Tariq as well as a as someone that's possibly going to help him too. I, I think yeah. definitely Tariq because they have a connection because of James and because of the past that they, they have with that character. So I see that coming for sure. So we look forward to that. Glad to see Lorenz Tate come back as well as his brother. They they did an excellent job when they was on the show, so I look forward to seeing that storyline progress forward. Um. And my final takeaway, uh, it has to do more so with um, Monet. And I agree with what you said, Gary. I don't like the exit strategy. Um, Mary J. Blige, I don't necessarily think that she's the best actress, but she was very good at being paranoid this entire episode. So I, I think that was good because she still is obviously dealing with what happened with Drew. And I agree with a lot of what Dana said that, yes, this character will go out on his own this season because the actor did say himself that when he did return to the show, he said that character was going to be more of a monster. Didn't really know what that meant at the time, but you saw that he did attempt to get back into drawing in this episode. He wasn't able to draw. So it's because of what happened to him and the fact that he's still dealing with that wound. So I think you're definitely going to see a lot of that stuff come to a head this season. Um, I think it's very obvious that, um, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of these things are going to change within the family dynamic, and I and I think that Dana made a good point that uh, I believe, yeah, Dana, you did say Kane is going to probably be the one that comes back into the family. Well, both you and Gary made points about that. That it's probably going to be Kane that comes back, and Drew is going to go out on his own. That's going to definitely happen. I, I feel, but um, 
Yeah, it's not a good exit strategy. We know that this stuff with Zeke is not going to work out. So it's a question of how it's going to unravel because it's not going to work out. And, and as far as Mecca is concerned, they pretty much alluded to when they said that this guy was going to be on the show, that he's also going to be a, a new love interest for Mary J. Blige. So that tells me that eventually they are going to work together. Kane, when he approached at the end of the episode, it was to say, hey, I have a new connect. And Mecca is the person that he pretty much is trying to get connected to her. So that's going to happen. But um, we'll see. We'll see at what happens as the story unfolds. But overall, I thought it was a very good episode. It sets up the season perfectly as far as the explanation of what's happening. Um, so I look forward to seeing what happens next week. But uh, a good a good premiere, I would say for sure. Well, go ahead, Dana. Yeah, go ahead. I just forgot. I forgot one thing I wanted to do mention, um, which was the fact that. When we, Monet's plan, we all know sucks, but it was a very interesting concept that, that, you know, Monet was very closed in the first season and that we're starting to learn more about her. And it seems that she, yes, we've seen her as being powerful and she's able to run things, but she's also someone who uses her children in order to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole planning of we'll just go and then Zeke will sign up for the draft and automatically thinking he'll get in and be the best basketball player there ever was. It, but it's not a sign of like, I'm encouraging you because I love you and I see your talent and your skill. It's more of I'm using you so we can take your money and we'll all be happy and we can do whatever it is that we need to do so we can get out of the game. And it's not getting out of the game because – I'm, I'm afraid of for my protection and my family. I want my family to be secure and protected and no longer be part of this. It's just more of, I don't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. So yep. that, and I remember I kept saying from the first season, something's off with her children. And I think that that was it. It's the concept of her using those kids in order to get ahead in life, which makes me wonder about her past and her upbringing. Did they use Monet and her skill set when she formed her business? Did they use her in order to get ahead? And is that the reason why she became a drug dealer that she is today? So, and also that goes with the concept of if things are predetermined or not, you're automatically saying that someone is going to be successful and it's going to be great and we're going to live off of their money. But we also do see the other side effect where Zeke has not been practicing that well. He's not that good at all. And he, even he doesn't believe that he can make it into the drafts. So that is, is very interesting. And I want to know how that will end up playing in the sense of, will Zeke tell, he's been trying to tell her the truth. But what will happen with Zeke and also being pressured behind that? And if he does not fail, what then happens to Monet? And the family. I don't think she really cares that much about the family, but what then will happen? So, yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, to so, so that is actually the first question I was going to ask, you know, related to that exact topic. So, you know, um, thank you, Dana. Great points. So I'm going to, you know, go right ahead to Richard Bailey Jr., you know. Um, so, yeah, the question was like, how will Monet's plan, you know, work out during the course of the season, you know, with with her, you know, trying to get Zeke to, um, you know, get into the draft and everything like that and go pro. So, um, you know, based on what Dana was saying, like, what's your thoughts on that whole storyline? Well, let me start off by saying 
once again, I applaud power for trying to make some stuff realistic because the guy that actually, that, that Zeke actually played with, that is a, a basketball player. His name is Emeka Okafor. You know, he, uh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. He's an actual basketball player. He, I, I don't, he's not playing anymore, but he, back in the day, he was in the draft as well. So they are making the attempt to make this a realistic thing. It's not just some random actor. They, they got to play a basketball player. He's an actual basketball player. So shout out to them for that. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it's not going to go as planned. I feel, uh, and I believe one of Dana's one of the a very good point that Dana made throughout this podcast so far, far, when you talk about the free will thing, when Tariq made that comment in the free will, and as he was talking about this stuff, them showing the montage of when Diana was in the store, she had on this dress and mom said, no, you can't wear that. With the Monet character, she still is controlling of the kids. Like she wants to get out of the business, but she's still telling the kids what to do. So it definitely reinforces the theory that Drew and Diana are going to find their way out from under her. Because anytime you know if you're a parent, if you're telling your kids not to do something, then they're probably going to be rebellious if you're constantly telling them you don't do this, don't do that type of stuff. So in this situation here, I think she just assumes everything is going to work out with Zeke. He's going to get it. He's going to be a top pick. And therefore, she doesn't have to worry about anything. And the thing is, Zeke has distractions because of Carrie, his uh, the woman that he loves. You know, I don't know if she feels the same. Obviously, she's it ain't really in too deep with that whole concept. But that cannot work out, and it will not work out. Um, so I kind of feel like that's a distraction that will prevent him from getting involved. But also the fact that he was very vocal with Carrie as well in this episode, telling her again about all the stuff that happening and then goes back to Monet and questioning whether or not she was involved in what happened with Jabari, all of that will backfire because even if it's not something, whereas he isn't able to go to the NBA because of the stuff going on with Carrie, he can still very easily get caught in the crosshairs of all the stuff that's happening in the drug game as well, because of who he's associated with. So either way, this thing with Zeke is not going to work out. It's a question of, how are they going to tell that story? What path are they going to go down? Because there's a lot of different paths they can take. But Monet just thinking that this is all going to work out, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna happen that way. And it's because she is a control freak, thinking she can always control certain things. That's why I thought it was a great idea to start off this season and have the title of the episode the way it is and really emphasize free will, because I think that will set the tone, just like Tariq said. A lot of things are predetermined, so there's some stuff that you, that you know is going to happen this season, but then there's other stuff that you have no idea what's going to happen. So, yeah, but 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 to answer the question, yeah, I don't. That's not going to work out the way that Monet want, thinks it is going to work out. Definitely not. So I, I think like there's so many other ways. Like if you really want to get out the game, like so many ways to go about it. Like why are you putting all this pressure on Zeke? You know. Um, and clearly we saw he was a bit hesitant in this episode. Like yeah. he doesn't know if he really wants to go down that road. Um, so it's like, why are you basing, you know, your whole family's success and progression on, you know, um, this one thing like Zeke, you know, Zeke playing ball. Cause you know, we know the statistics, not everyone makes it, you know, there's so many players around the country and only a few get drafted, you know, like only a small few in comparison to the total number actually get drafted and become a success story and everything like that. Um, 
So it is, it's not like a solid idea in the first place. And there's so many other things you could do. Like, you know, because obviously they, they just had a new, they just like got a bunch of new bricks to sell or whatever. So you can use the money you, you make from that and, you know, flip it into, um, you know, real capital. Um, so, you know, make, launder the money somehow or buy some sort of product, some legal product that you can sell um, and then start a legit business from that. You know, um, whether it's, you know, you can sell hair, you could sell sneakers, trainers, you know, um, whatever. Like there's so many hustles they could do to get themselves legit. Um, that work better as a long-term strategy than relying on Zeke, you know, which is more of like a gamble because um, you don't know how he's going to perform. You know, you can try and do the best for him. You can try and support him, but I wouldn't put your whole family structure, you know, on that one thing. And this is a real thing that happens as well. There's been plenty of movies about this where, you know, athletes are kind of forced into, you know, a situation like where they have to play, and they have to, you know, base their whole existence on trying to make it in the professional system, you know, and that's a lot of pressure for some people, like, because there's a lot of people who, who don't want to do that, but they feel kind of forced into it by their family. So, I mean, it's good that we're going to get that story in this because it's going to shed light on that, you know, that whole situation. But yeah, I just think Monet, like, I don't know. I, I do believe um, what Dana's been saying, that there's some kind of um, manipulation, you know, with her and her children, the way she controls them, you know, it's like so manipulative, like so it, she's so involved in their lives and their, you know, their everyday existence. Um, so that's why you know, I, I definitely think Drew is going to kind of break the mold a little bit, you know, and um, hope maybe he'll even help Diana kind of, get get her independence from Monet a little bit because she gets straight up bossed around by Monet like nonstop. Like <laughs> and it's kind of sad to see sometimes. Um but Dana, are you are you are you good now? Cool. Yeah, so Rich, uh anything else you, you got anything else to add to what I was saying? Like, you know, about uh, you know, the pressure that's being put on Zeke and then, you know, also um the fact that Monet's like, you know, Diana and, and Drew is like that every, that every action is like dictated by Monet. Like you have anything else to add to that? Yeah. The only thing I would add is that um, I know oftentimes it, it is portrayed, you know, the whole storyline of the NBA draft is that there's a player that gets drafted and it's always a happy ending. You know, the player, you know, is on TV, they have their suit, they get, they, they announce what team they're going to and and then that's it. Rarely do you see uh, a story where someone is undrafted or just it's is completely unsuccessful. And I think that is the direction that they're going to go this season. Now, again, he could still get drafted, but I, I just kind of feel like it is a poor extra strategy because, you know, at this point, you know, Monet, I mean, it's, I understand the paranoia of wanting to get out the drug game after what happened with Drew, obviously. And, you know, he's still not very happy about that either, as we saw in this episode. Um, and Monet feels bad that he got shot as well. But at the end of the day, I do agree with what you said, Gary. There has to be another way that you can find a, a viable means of income. It can't just be coming from, you know, doing drugs and then having to rely solely on one other person 
And because then at that point, he has all the power to dictate certain things. Do you think just because he becomes a drafted player, now you're going to control his life? Absolutely not. So it's a very poor strategy. Uh, I, I I think Monet definitely needs to think a lot bigger. And, and that's why I say, it, it, yeah, Mecca obviously will be the one that um, I think she's going to have to end up eventually working with uh, just because it feels like it's going to head in that direction either way, because we saw that he was, saw that Kane went to go, went to go stop by Monet's place at the end of the episode. And he was monitoring that whole situation. So um, we'll see what eventually happens. But uh, yeah, the, the whole thing with the controlling of the kids, I do agree with what Dana said. It does feel as though Monet has some type of inner, ter- is some type of inner trauma that she's dealing with as well. And hopefully we get an answer to that as the season goes on. The last point I want to make, though, which I find very interesting, is that there was that comment made that um, when the whole exit strategy, she wasn't even talking about Lorenzo, father. And that was what the kids were mentioning as well. So, again, it feels like and we saw this last season, the tension between Lorenzo and Monet. That's probably going to really come to a head as well this season. So, We'll see what happens. Dana, she's back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Um, What I wanted to say is that it was really interesting um, how, like we said before, Monet was so caught up in Zeke, but she's ended up ignoring her son, her other son that she kicked out, and the new deal that he's trying to make in order to get back in with the family. Mm-hmm. I think because she is so blind with her hatred and her focus on Zeke and her inability to think outside of whatever box or just to listen to people that she's going to end up driving the son away even more to the point where he is able to probably accumulate connections by using Mecca and running with Mecca that he could actually be the way out. No, not out, but, you know, a different direction that they can take. Mm-hmm. And and this is going to, I feel, could backfire on both them and the family who decides to follow along with Monet. So breaking away from Monet, which we know the two of the kids want to do, could probably be their best option, which then makes me wonder, where does Monet end up in season three? You know, there's other things that's going on, but in concern with her family, with her children, that I think it could be a really interesting concept that they are building upon. Very, very good. Very, very good observation. Seeing how he was the one that was thrown out as the outcast. That would be a very interesting situation. If he ends up becoming the one that, Oh, I'm the one that now has all the connections and everything. And you need me. So go ahead. Dan. No, I just wanted to say really quickly, if you look at the, the dynamic of the kids right now, Zeke is caught up with Carrie and Carrie is caught up with the cops, right? Carrie's the one who can feed in information to both sides. And mm-hmm. Carrie's so caught up in, I need a man right now, <laughs> that she could end up helping Zeke, who in return could help whatever it is that he's trying to do, whether he, he, how he wants to be with the family. Remember, he wants to, he's been separated from everything. So that's one information that she doesn't really know of what's going on there. Even though Monet comes to Zeke and was like, you know, stop talking to Carrie. He's a very vital source. So I feel maybe, don't know, Zeke could be also driven away by his mother through her actions. 
So you have that going on over there. Then you have the other son that she completely kicked out. Remember, she wouldn't open the door at all. She came to the door with the gun, was like, yeah, and so what if I shot you? Never opened the door yeah. and went on about her way. So that disconnects her from another son. Diana wants to get out and break away. So she's really at that isolating moment. So if you look at that, that moment where she was paranoid throughout the first episode, I think that that's something that they're building upon and, and, and actually could be based on some truth right now. Maybe not at this moment, but down the line, there is something to be paranoid about because you don't have anyone who's protecting you. Um, you have the guy who, what, he, he was in jail. The other guy's dead. You abandoned your children. Who does she have? Mm-hmm. It's only the kids. Our kids. Yep. That's uh. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's why like she she probably needs Kane more than she you know understands at this moment. But um, but yeah, like getting to the next question because that kind of ties into what you were talking about. So we saw that you know um, Mecca was watching as Kane you know went to the house and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the question is basically like, do you think Mecca is basically going to overstep Kane and just go right to Monet, um, to try and set up a deal with her? Cause like, you know, if she's still going to be, um, you know, for the time being, let's assume that she's probably still going to have that deal with Tariq where, you know, um, Tariq is selling the drugs through, you know, the app and everything. Right. Um, and, you know, once they s- sell what they've currently got, he's probably going to want to, you know, re-up. So he's going to come back, you know, um, for more products. So she, even though she has an exit strategy, she still needs to stay afloat for the time being. So do you think, you know, her and Mecca are perhaps going to strike a deal in the next episode? Like, because I think he might overstep Kane and just go right to her. Like, and and that might put him... Um, you know, in in a bad kind of situation with Kane, but Kane doesn't really have a lot of power at the moment to kind of step to a dude like that. So, uh, what do you think about that, Dana? You had uh, something to say. I did have something to say. That's a nope. <laughs> you okay. Absolutely nope. I view it as this: Mecca's not stupid, and Mecca, mm. I feel, you know, in this in the industry that they're in. You're going to have to start using some people and you, you can't overstep certain boundaries, not because you respect them, but because of how it'll work out for you in the long run. If you don't, if you take Kane right now and you know that he's angry and frustrated with his mama, and I believe that he is going to probably end up getting closer to Mecca as view him as someone who, you know, you're accepting me. You know, he has to fight for it. Obviously, what we saw um, during this episode. You have to fight to belong with Mecca, but he is at that vulnerable stage where he's looking at, he's looking for someone to be, to accept him and I would say be his mentor. And I think in order for that to do that, you need to cut out Monet. And also it helps to build with that paranoia with Monet as well. And remember, he presented the opportunity, Mecca, not Mecca, sorry, Kane presented the opportunity to Monet, but she refused to listen. So it doesn't make any sense for like, oh, it's the same opportunity, but now it's through Mecca. I think that this should be something that is a completely missed opportunity. I think that Monet is in a position where no one's thinking about her. 
And that also builds up that storyline with her as well. So I see Mecca and Kane getting closer. I see them running a business together. Yes, they have to build on that trust for both sides. But the biggest way for for someone to trust, for Kane to feel like they're being trusted, is not to go in and tell their mama. So, no. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, what what do you think, Rich? Um, what do you think is going to come from the fact that, you know, Mecca was sitting outside watching? Like, where do you think that's going next? So I, I think uh, you both made some good points. The, the Dana says uh, Mecca could just be observing. Uh, the, the reason why I would think that eventually uh, Mecca is going to be the one to overstep Kane is because the whole scene in this episode when Kane had to prove himself to Mecca by killing this other guy that they captured. Uh, and, and, you know, he saw Kane, you know, he got the guy got a, a good, a good couple shots in before Kane killed him. So, you know, Kane didn't look too like he had everything together when, when in that fight. But after that, they had the scene where Kane finds Mecca's stash and Mecca's like, what the hell are you doing? Basically trying to put him in his place and said, listen, you, you want to be my partner. You have to earn this opportunity. This show power is essentially about people gaining power and positions being changing, changing and, and being placed as time goes on. I eventually see Kane. He will do whatever he can to get close to Mecca, as Dana said, learn whatever intel he can. But once he gets in a position of power, I don't think it's out of the question to see him take out Mecca because it's it, because it's about the evolution of the character. As you said, Gary, he doesn't have any leverage right now this season. Obviously, he's involved in this whole thing with Tariq, and they had their little conversation in this episode as well about this whole thing with Jabari. Is this going to come back on, on us? All this other stuff, right? So I think that as the season goes on, Kane is going to get his footing, and he's going to gain some level of power. Um so he can so Mecca, while Mecca is somebody who can use people for information, I think Kane is gonna try and do the same as well to try to get close to Mecca and from there be focused on his own empire. Because we know that Kane, he is the one that wants to continue on with Lorenzo's legacy. Obviously, they didn't have the best of interactions the last season. Because remember when he made sure he got hit, he got he got he got whooped as well at, in, in the jail cell. So um, I kind of feel like we'll get an answer to that, but I, I I think that the end game here is that obviously they'll probably be using each other to get information, and from there we will see what happens. But I feel like this story ends with Kane getting the upper hand on Mecca, o- only because so far because of the exchange they had at this episode, and how Mecca obviously is somebody who isn't in a position of power. Kane is not there yet. But he can get there, but he's going to have to take means, certain means to get there. But it can go in any direction, but we have to see. It. No, go ahead. Dana was going to say something. And then I think No, say it's a question for you, though. It's like in order for Kane to get power, he has to get rid of his mama. You can't be up under your mom's boob every five seconds if you want to have power in the same business that she's in. That, so, that's, yeah. where it gets, that's where it gets complex. Yeah. I, have, I have some theories on that. Um, so, you know, did you have something else you wanted to add to that, Dana, before I go? Well, I just I just wanted to add and say that mm-hmm. I see this whole thing purposely backfiring on Monet. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, he is going to realize there are more people out outside of this sort of you that can teach me about this business and who I can super succeed. I can oh, succeed. I can supersede. Um, and that I don't need you. Um, so I, that would be a really interesting thing. And I also do wonder if Mecca is going to see that and use him against Monet. I mean, we're only in the first episode. Yeah, exactly. So can I make a quick comment? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are good points. And that and that could certainly happen. I think I think the problem is with the first episode is you're led to believe now Monet wants out. She doesn't want anything to do with what's happening. So I don't know what her position is uh, at the moment. Yes, she did talk with Tariq and gave him the bricks to sell at the end of the episode. But she does not want the kids to get. She doesn't want you know Drew to get killed or any of this other stuff. So I I don't know what her position is. And then when Kane came to the door, she didn't want to have anything to do with him. Didn't want to talk to him. So I'm I, I'm kind of like under the impression that she already has isolated him and doesn't want nothing to do with him. I don't know if that means that she just wants this thing to move on and not be involved. But I guess we have to see as the storyline progresses. But I agree 100 percent what you said, Dana. I, I, that can certainly happen. So. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like you said, uh, it's the first episode and they're just planting the seeds. There's so many ways it can go. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to say that I agree with uh, what Rich was saying that, you know, um, Kane doesn't have any leverage right now, you know, which was my point, you know, exactly. Like he, he has no power at the moment to kind of, you know, cross uh, Mecca, but he can develop that, you know, he can gain leverage. Um, you know, throughout the season. So I do agree that, you know, there probably will come a time where Kane is able to cross Mecca, like, you know, and, and whether that means taking him out or, you know, um, or, you know, having Mecca be beneath him, like, you know, work for him or something. So the wild card card here, you know, because Dana, you know, you said that, you know, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kane is always going to be beneath his his mother, you know, because you know it's it, he he's her son, you know. Um, but the wild card here is Tariq, so we know that you know Kane and Tariq now have an established sort of friendship. Like they they you know they covered up a murder together, Uh-oh. and you know in the world of, <laughs> in the world of power. That means you build a bond with each other, you know. When you, when you cover up a murder, like that's a, that's a real sacred thing, it, it, you know, in the in the universe of power. So, wait, 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 hold on, Gary. Can I, can I just make a comment? Oh yeah, the picture. Why, yeah. why is it like Tariq is just completely ignoring uh, uh, Kane, looking off and what Kane is talking? Like whatever, I don't care what you're saying. That's a funny picture, but continue. That's foreshadowing <laughs> what's to come. Like that's that's a foreshadowing right there, you know, because because Tariq is going to be ghost like he's going to command Kane at some point yeah. so Tariq is going to be what <laughs> yeah they, they need to bring him back man but ghost is coming back I'm telling you it's going to happen yeah, yeah as as a ghost as a ghost <laughs> he'll he'll be back no, no there's going to be a, a prequel series of him and Tommy <laughs> but yeah um so yeah, Tariq, I think Tariq is going to be what helps Kane gain that power that he's been kind of thirsty for. And um, I don't know where that leaves Monet, but I do think Tariq is going to be making a lot of power moves, power plays throughout this season. 
Um, and the only thing that's threatening him is what we saw happen, you know, at the end of this season, um, which we're going to get to. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's so many, like they planted, they did one thing they did a good job of in this episode was planting seeds because they definitely planted a lot of them. So now it could go in so many ways. Um, so yeah, they did a great job with that. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts on that before we get to the next sort of question, you know, regarding Kane and the Tahada family and Mecca? Okay, cool. So yeah, um, so before we get to Tariq, I wanted to ask you guys, um, do you think like, you know, we saw Kerry's reaction to Jabari, you know, in this mm-hmm. in this episode? Um and, you know, she was very hurt by it. She was scared because, you know, she thought Monet had something to do with it because she was threatening her and everything. Um, so I want to ask you guys, do you think Carrie is going to either play a big part of the investigation that's going to happen? Or is she going to, like, maybe carry out her own investigation, you know, like some private investigation type stuff to, to find out what really went down? kind of thing like what do you think her role is going to be in this whole thing and you know because uh obviously Tariq you know he's opened up a can of worms and there's going to be a lot of police <laughs> at, at the the campus now so what is Carrie's role in this going to be because we see that she kind of has that you know she has a direct line to that to that investigator dude or whatever so she's a very dangerous person and I, I don't well to Tariq she's a very dangerous person but I don't think Tariq has it in him to do anything about her if she comes snooping. So, so, you know, my question is how, how will her role play out? So I'll go to you first, Dana. Well, well, she's going to be a a one woman Scooby-Doo gang. (laughs) (laughs) Get the Scooby snacks. She's going to start doing, you know, that's a band and she, she can never let that go, even though this whole concept and thing was just a hot mess. Um, she's going to open up her own investigation and think that she knows everything. And just like Jabari, she's going to follow the footsteps of Jabari and they're going to kill her. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. You think Carrie's going out? What is her um, purpose? Well, Literally, what is her purpose? She, she, she's with Zeke. She's Zeke's motivation. And, 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 and his distraction. Well. <laughs> motivation, his distraction, and yep. more reason to stay away from what Monet is planning. Mm-hmm. So, killing her would be a great thing. And literally, she is—I'm not going to say she's dumb, but she's a little, she's a little not that smart when it comes to the men department. You know, I, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to make a comment on this, and I, I don't want to be controversial here, but uh, I have to ask if you both noticed this. The scene where Carrie is about to meet up with Kevin, who is the police officer, and she mentions to the therapist, yes, this Kevin guy is good. He's grown. He's mature. And I think about she's referring to the previous relationships, which is Jabari and Zeke, who are both black men. So I I looked at that and I was wondering, is anybody going to be a little offended by that? Because... I, I wanted to get your opinion on it. It's a controversial, but I wanted to ask the question because I don't know if anyone else is going to ask that question. But I found it interesting. You know, you're talking about this other guy. Yes, is a white guy. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I just was curious. Did y'all catch that? And what did you think about that? 
Jay I Mo. thought of it as something different. I okay. thought of he got he got that income. He has yep. benefits. Throwing <laughs> K plan. He's a detective, so he can think. He has power. So there goes all of that. And I thought it was originally a dinner, like a dinner lunch, a lunch date thing that they was having. Because she was all smiling like, hi, Kevin. I'm here for you. And he was all like, hi, but I'm going to play you later. You know, so I think that she, uh, I don't like to say this, but she is the kind of person who maybe if a man smiles at her, she'll follow. Yep. I mean, the fact that that you're, you're, you're dealing with students that also shows me that you don't have any kind of built-in system where you know what's right and wrong you're following and i don't know you college student everyone's legal that's fine but there's still a morality thing where i'm with my student Mm -hmm. you know and and it's not so much of the age i don't care about the ages i care about this is my student so her question in men is questionable to me and anyone that says hey you look good in that dress okay well let's go date that's what she <laughs> i feel that she she would do yeah yeah go ahead go ahead now what was you gonna say real quick i, I just gonna say yeah the, the character is very uh what's the correct word promiscuous i guess no, I know you I can't, no no you can't say that they can't say that what is that not allowed no more no Wow. Okay, well, let's just say oh. the character is, is always, because she has the issue with the therapist. Mm-hmm. I would assume the issue is getting into these different relationships. So that that comment about uh, her, because again, she's meeting up with this guy, and you're just thinking about, oh, well, this is someone who I used to date. This could be a new relationship. You, you know, you're thinking too much about this stuff when you should be concerned about... We need to focus on what's happening now with the, with with the kids. Not focused on. I always have to have a man. All this other stuff because she had just was just talking about. Oh, I'm not going to mess around with Zeke anymore. In this episode later, they hook up again. So, and that was a reaction, obviously, to seeing Jabari. But but I, I do want to add this, and then we'll go to you, Gary. I did laugh, and I must admit, I laughed at the scene where she had the reaction to Jabari because I'm like. This is maybe the only character on the show that cares about a Jabari that much. So I laughed when I saw that. And then you saw the, even the detective was like, well, hold on. This this looked like this is was a lot more personal than just a co-worker. And I laughed at that. So that was, that was funny. That was funny. But go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I think, you know, we really just saw her in the conflicts throughout this whole episode. Because I think, you know... The, the phone call Dana was talk, talking about when she was telling her therapist, you know, about the guy she's meeting and everything. I think that was the, uh, the, 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 you know, part of her consciousness, knowing that she's doing the wrong thing by being with Zeke. And then, of course, the Monet, you know, threatening her, that kind of plays into her insecurities about that situation now. So the, I think she was looking at it as like, this is her chance to have a straight relationship, like with, yeah. you know, with somebody decent, like um, somebody, you know, who's not a student and, and you know, someone who's not potentially going to get her incarcerated or something, you know. So I think she was, you know, she was uh, being very hopeful that this is her, her, you know, her way into an ideal situation. But then it all come came crumbling down when she saw Jabari, you know, uh, dead, you know, and then that kind of it made her vulnerable. So then when Zeke showed up, you know, she just slips right back into, you know, 
being with Zeke, like, cause she needed, you know, that, that she needed someone, you know, she needed Make that comfort, cool. that comfort. Yeah, well, well, exactly. Well, that, well, that <laughs> so. and we knew, and we, she knew she wasn't going to do anything with Kevin after he had, if the, he had the comment and say, well, you know, we know you like to miss, you like to mix, uh, <laughs> business and pleasure often because he made a comment to that effect it went in, in that same when he saw her reaction after with Jabari so we knew she wasn't going to mess with him again after that I, I think he's still open to something though I like, think I think, so too. <laughs> I think he's I I think, you know, I think once he realized that, oh, she, you know, that's she, she's into me like so I think he's going to go back and revisit that at some point I, think, I view so. it as part of the Scooby-Doo investigation she's going to do that <laughs> yeah. that she's going to probably, you know, get real nice and soft and sweet for him in order to get information. Also, because that's just kind of how she is. So, yes, or or he, could, he could also do that to her as well. Like, I think could, it's a two-way thing because we'll talk yeah. about the end and in order for that ending to have more information... You have to go to the teacher because who is the connection right now with everything that happened with Jabari, the school, and then that phone call at the end? It's Carrie. <laughs> yep. And, and, and let me add one one other quick point is that uh, to go to what I believe, Gary, you said this earlier, is either you or Dana said it earlier. I believe it was you, Gary, about uh, Tariq and his involvement in all of this. Last season, we know that Carrie felt very sympathetic towards Tariq. So I feel mm-hmm. like he could be very manipulative with that because I believe he acknowledged that. So yeah. I don't think that he would. Yes, yeah, she is a threat to him, obviously, but I think he has a way of making sure that he is able to keep her at, at arm's yeah. length because of that relationship that they had from last season. Yeah, like she she adores him, like not in that way, but like she, yeah. um, you know, she really yeah. thinks thinks the world. <laughs> she She thinks highly of Tariq. So I think he can, you know, use that act to manipulate her and, you know, keep her away from the truth a little bit. For um, now. For now. For now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's get right into, you know, the final question, which, you know, because we just set that up so beautifully. So, you know, we saw what happened at the end. Tariq, you know, he thinks his mother's calling on, on the, the burner phone, but it's actually the cops, you know, um, and they track his location so now they know that the last known, you know, um, uh, was it text or phone call um, that that made that you know contacted the Jabari was from the campus. So now they've made that connection, and the investigation is going to be a hundred percent on the campus now. They know that you know the suspect is likely there. So, um, what do you think is going to you know? happen next like you know because obviously it's catching up to him we saw throughout the whole episode he was kind of confident that he covered his tracks and nobody would know that you know it was him he even you know boldly lied to Monet Mm. saying you know that he had nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. but now you know everything is going to be hot you know the the, the whole campus is going to be hot it's going to be hard to move the products now so you know, once Monet sees that, sees that he's going to have difficulty moving the product because of the investigation, you know, she's going to be curious about what's going on. And, you know, she might start asking some questions. So, you know, what, what do you think? How do you think this is going to pan out from here? So I'll go to you first this time, Rich. What do you think? Well, that's a very good question. And that's what makes this a very good 
uh, season premiere because it sets up everything. So obviously the investigation shifts once again to the campus. I believe it was already under investigation because of the murder that happened last season. So now they're going to really try to narrow and pinpoint down who on the campus knows everything. And to go to what Dana said earlier, yeah, Carrie, her job was now to give this detective guy, Kevin, a list of all the students that, you know, was in the class, et cetera. So they're going to definitely, I would assume, question Tariq and and the others about what's what they know about what happened. Um, but it, 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 you know, it, yes, it puts a lot of heat on the school, a lot of heat on Tariq, because he had just got the product from Monet at the end of this episode to sell, and also putting the product in uh, Braden's car, which I also believe is a sign of what's to come because they're going to police probably going to find something in that car, you know, the product in the car and Brady's in trouble. Um, but uh, it, it, it's a, uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him because it felt like, as you said, Gary, he covered his tracks this episode. He didn't have to worry about anything. And then he lied. And he also told, uh, you know, uh, Kane don't need to worry about nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. You ain't going to say nothing. We'll be fine. So now it shakes things up, and, it, and it's great because it's going to keep people watching to guess what's going to happen next. I can't make a prediction as to what I think is going to happen yet because I think there's some other things that have to happen. I will I will say this, though. I do expect to see 2-Bit again this season. I find it interesting how that's another issue that Tariq has to deal with. He was supposed to pay him back, and I guess we can assume that happened because we didn't see 2-Bit yet, but 2-Bit you know, he also was the one that disposed of that body and killed the other guy. So that is also going to be something that is on Tariq for the rest of this season. Because he's going to have to deal with Two-Bit uh, two again. So Did he not pay him off? I, I thought he paid him off. That that must have happened off camera because we didn't see okay. that. We didn't see that because all the stuff that was happening with the trial, the focus of the finale was on Tasha and what happens next and Tommy coming back and all this other stuff. So um, we'll probably get an answer for that, though. Uh, I would assume as the season goes on, because that actor is still very much involved with the show. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll definitely show up. But uh, Dana, what do you think uh, is going to happen? You know, with this whole investigation coming to the campus, and how will it affect Tariq? Um, the Scooby Doo gang. No, um, <laughs> we have um, well, Kevin, with that whole conversation with Kevin and he was with the whiteboard and they knew directly, oh, it connects to the school. I really loved that. I was slightly confused at first because I thought that was Jabari's original phone. Because why would yeah. the phone... I just didn't understand how they would get the number to Tariq's phone. That, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I was confused about that as well. And what I assume is that, you know, I guess maybe they found that Jabari had his phone still on him. I, I mean, I, I would have to go back and, and watch that in case in case in, 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 in the events, <clears throat> excuse me, unless someone in, in the comments is able to point pinpoint that and, and, and make mention of that, because I did also think that was Jabari's phone. But my thought is if the police found the phone and they saw the last known calls, they would be like, wait a second, this is the last known person that called him. Let's just call this number. Uh, so I figured that could have been. That's what I figured. But but I did think at first, wait, is that Jabari's phone? Uh, because you saw him delete the conversation. So it was still his phone, obviously. But yeah, they must. that's how I guess they were able to track and find out who was the last person that called them. Yeah, I think, yeah, because yeah. I was confused. I think that, 
Um, Didn't he switch to SIM card or something? He did. I know he, he switched. Yeah. 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 But we do know that Tariq took Jabari's phone. That we, we uh, physically know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then they must have somehow gotten a phone number or it was a phone regular records phone. Or something. A regular, I forget, forget, you know, this is not in the drug game. So he has a regular phone that's registered. Um, and so they just called the phone. And that's how they know of who is in possession with the phone. And the fact well, the, the, it, that that makes sense, but I then then I then I will question Tariq and say if that was Jabari's phone, why yeah, the hell why did you answer? answer the phone? That, that's <laughs> I, what I thought at the end of the episode. Why the hell would you answer that phone? Because what I thought what I thought happened was I thought that he he was using his burner and he thought it was his mom calling and that's why he answered. That's what I thought happened, but because it makes no sense. Why would you answer then? You know, if it is Jabari's, like that's mm-hmm. just. You know that's stupid. So, so I, I I don't know who I, I I don't know who has possession of the phone and online people are saying that he didn't take the phone, so the cops have it, and then some are saying that it was Jabari's phone. I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna go with the concept that he took Jabari's phone, or he didn't know he didn't take Jabari's phone, and he went through the phone, and that was the known the last phone call. I don't know. That whole thing was weird. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no. I was gonna say, I yeah. That, I guess that's 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 the best way to 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 basically figure out what happened and just come to the conclusion that they somehow accessed phone records and saw this is the last known number. Let's call this number. Something also, the there. text. Unless Tariq is that stupid and think that when you delete the text, it erases on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> like we told, we saw yeah. the man. You know, he he. You, you talked about this before. He's very easily took down the congressman on the issue of race mm-hmm. and drugs, but stupid phone! <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, because they, they, they have to show that he, he still makes a lot of mistakes because he's still yeah. young and all of this, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i curious to see what people have to say about that uh, as they're commenting yeah. on the show because I definitely was confused as you was, Dana, about that phone thing, and I just assumed that, yeah, they got access to some records and they and that's how they found out but it's, oh, you don't even have the access to the records if he has the call and you're on your phone and you go right into into phone and you go into history because mm-hmm. we know that that was the last conversation before he got gotten that part and everyone was hilarious yeah. but, so you just go into the log and you see the phone but okay sorry i forgot what the original question was that really frustrated <laughs> me. no it's just what you think is going to happen you know with the investigation and Oh, with the investigation, you're going to have multiple people going around. So you have Tariq knowing that he screwed up with the phone situation, right? So he's now going to be hiding and dunking and diving and scared. I don't know if this means he's going to end up running to Kane, but he could end up running to Kane now. Mm -hmm. And so now you have Kane, who probably will end up involving Mecca. Because Monet doesn't want to say anything, and because Tariq already uh, has withheld information from Monet, she might be in the dark, which further proves this theory of being isolated. So that's going on there. You have Carrie and her Scooby-Doo gang of one going and trying to track down what really happened to um, Jabari. We know that she's not going to give that up mm-hmm. at all. So she's going to get involved with that as well. You could probably say that she'll end up finding out because remember Jabari was blackmailing him with that whole book situation. 
Um, and we do know that Jabari last wanted to write a book, but we didn't know exactly what it was about. But mm -hmm. also remember, he plagiarized what he did present. So yeah. I wonder if that will come up as well and that it, they will match it to Tariq. Mm -hmm. that, so mm -hmm. it feels like that yeah. what you just said, it feels like that has to happen because otherwise it wouldn't make any kind of sense to have that storyline of him writing this book and you never sees the light of day or none of the stuff is is put out there. So that that might because even Tariq didn't even know that that book was happening either. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see. That's a great question. But Carrie could could describe could could discover that and that may, you know, Yeah, I don't think she's going to be a complete invalid this year. I think she's going to. She's going to find out things, but I just want her to die. Um, <laughs> so we, we have that. We also have Kevin narrowing it down to just the school. So that takes out a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So he's going to focus on the school. And then you have the situation with the congressman that we do know, Lawrence Tate, that whole thing was hilarious, with Lawrence Tate um, trying to go after the congressman. And we know that the congressman has connections with Braden. Who has connections with Tariq? I like how they put all these connections and things together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do wonder if Tariq is going to have to open up more to Brayden, and if Brayden is going to stupidly go to his Congress friend, man, Uncle Rick, and be like, "Here's a situation that I'm in. Could you help me out?" Because Brayden, that, you, that, I feel that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Continue. No, I, continue. I feel that they don't. They they're not going to just have all of these different characters without fully showing everything that's going to, like, like how they can impact and help. Like, you remember how it opened up with Brayden in the car, and he's like, yeah, family comes with attachments. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's going to start using those attachments, you know, the family for his own thing that he's going through. So mm -hmm. him wanting to break away, maybe he can't fully break away from the family, so now it's like, how can I use them too in order to help with the situation? Um, so that can also help, and it also it can go with him if – Eric does do something that's sleazy and grimy, Tate will be right there to follow through and to investigate on that and so he can take his place. So I feel that this one murder could have a domino effect and also we end up connecting it to the guy who was originally killed in the pool because remember mm -hmm. they thought it was the Tejadas? It's not the Tejadas. And, and so how that will play off as well. And, and so I believe kind of that is what we're going to end up focusing on in, in the season. Yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely play a big part in, in this season, I think. Um, but yeah, great points overall. Great show. Um, definitely, uh, I want to see what the comment gang have to say about these things, you know, because um, I know they all have some great insight to add and everything, and we appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I just want to do some house cleaning real quick before we, uh, end off the show. Um, you know, we are the coalition.com. Definitely check out the website, you know, um, and if you're listening on YouTube and you enjoy the content, please hit the like button, uh, consider, consider subscribing as well. We have a lot of, you know, content where we cover movies, uh, TV shows, games, um, you know, wrestling, a lot of stuff. So if you like the content, please, you know, take your time to hit the like button and subscribe. Also, uh, we're also on Spotify. We are on Facebook podcasts now as well. We are on Amazon. Um, and, you know, of course, Apple, iTunes, you know, we're on there as well. Um, I want to give a big shout to, you know, the listenership. Um, I see a lot of people, you know, more people than we realize listen to this. Um, 
we were actually pretty big in the con continent of Africa, you know, like yeah. places like Ghana and stuff. They listen to us, you know, a lot. Like I see that we're actually really high on the charts. So shouts to all the people listening to us, you know, internationally, globally. Um, big ups to Jamaica as well, because we get a lot of listens over there. So, you know, um, so, yeah, just wanted to take that time to let everyone know, you know, this is a weekly show uh, that we cover, you know, while pop, while power is is on TV, you know, we, we this is a weekly show. So um, definitely come back and listen again next week when we cover episode two. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the house, uh, cleaning, unless you guys had something else you wanted to add to that as well, or any announcements or anything. There, there is ahead, an episode Dana. with 50 Cent on the site, and he does talk about power in relation to BMF. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely, uh, check out those interviews. Dana does a lot of interviews, so, you know, um, she takes a lot of time, you know, and care, care and consideration is put into the into the content so definitely uh you know go check out and shouts to you dana also um but yeah we're gonna get straight into our shout outs now so um rich you got any shout outs yeah we'll give a shout out to you both uh great show as always shout out to all the listeners and the supporters that are coming back to check out power Please feel free. Do please do check out Dana's uh, interviews. You know the BMF interview that went up today is a very good interview, um, and of course check out her interview with Fifty Cent as well on the website. Uh, we all we have more things that are coming in addition to Powercast, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, I just thank everybody for your continued support, and I definitely hope uh, if you are celebrating that you have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, next week and we will of course be back with Powercast next weekend oh yeah for sure I completely forgot you know Thanksgiving is coming up for you guys you know we don't celebrate over here but yeah um, happy <laughs> happy Thanksgiving that's, that's to, to everyone America's thankful to get away from the UK you say that you say that but I don't think you are I think you really I think you really love us you want us to come back over there and, and take over <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah you know i hope everyone enjoys it you know don't go too crazy on black friday also um yeah and just yeah take care of yourselves um and uh dana any shout outs for, for you no just shout outs to the listeners and everyone who's watching we have a lot more content that is coming up we do have the uh, BMF interviews, both the video, which is on the YouTube site, and on the website, we have the 50 Cent one. There will be a lot more interviews that will be streamlined along um, in regards to BMF and Season 2, how that's going to work out. And also, we do have Hawkeye, which is coming up um, on the 24th of November as well. I have interviewed the entire cast, including Kevin Feige, and also there is going to be another press conference, which I cannot say regarding who, but it's with the other parts of Hawkeye and how that will trickle into other TV shows. Uh-oh. Oh, well, yeah. interesting. That's good. Wow. Dana's covering multiple universes here. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and yeah, I just want to give a big shout out to, you know, all the supporters, um, you know, everyone who really loves this show, you know, um, and shout outs to the people who were asking if we were going to cover, you know, BMF as well. We really wanted to. It's just scheduling wise. Some things didn't work out. Um, 
but you know we do have that one review that we did and then we're gonna you know do something else for the finale also um and then hopefully next year we'll be able to cover that more closely um and also if you guys love you know other shows like snowfall for example Mm -hmm. you know we will be covering that show when that comes out uh the next season and you know there's a lot more power to come there's force coming you know early early next year and we will be here for that so yeah um so thank you to everyone you know who uh who really enjoys with the show and supports us and, and loves it you know we will we'll always be here to cover power for as long as it's on tv so and go ahead rich what was you gonna say a, a quick comment to, to piggyback off of what gary said about snowfall we, we did cover mm-hmm. a snowfall last season yeah so if you for by any chance missed that recap the playlist for that is also on this channel so mm-hmm. feel free to check that out and yeah we will be back because I know they're actually filming the new season right now. So whenever that show returns, we will definitely return with our thoughts on those episodes as well. So stay tuned. For sure. Yeah, and so that's pretty much it. We will be back next week to cover episode two of uh, Power, you know, Ghost season two. Um, and yeah, until then, enjoy your week. Have a good holiday. Take care, everyone. <laughs>